22. The Bible says, Then Jonah prayed <coughs> unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and then, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods can pass me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters can pass me about even to the soul. The depth uh, closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. He's in a very low place in his life. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. If I'm going to get out of this mess, it's going to have to be the Lord. Amen. If I'm going to get any kind of deliverance, is what he's what that verse means. Salvation is of the Lord. He can't get out of that. He can't get out of that whale's belly where he's at in that fish. He can't get out of that predicament that he's at. If I'm going to get out of this mess, he said, salvation is of the Lord. That's the way it is. I'm not going to preach on this now, but just thought for for a minute. That's what it is, Goebel. Eight years ago, on March 15, 2000, what was it? 2000, 2015. Uh, eight years has gone by. He was in a mess and he couldn't get himself out of that and just kept on going down and down and down. But salvation was of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah uh, upon the dry land. And we've, anytime you've been through church or passing through church, Vacation Bible school or Sunday school lessons, you get about Jonah and we see the picture of Jonah in the well. You know the story that in Jonah chapter 1, God had wanted Jonah to go down to, uh, to Nineveh. He hated them down there in Nineveh. There are bad people down in Nineveh. He, that did not, that's not what he wanted for his life was to go down in Nineveh. That's what God uh, wanted for him to go in his life. And we don't see Jonah nowhere praying in, in Jonah chapter 1. He just heard that God spoke with him and told him, well, I want you to go where I want you to be. And Jonah didn't want to go and he went his own way. And it never, ever ends up right in your life or in my life when we go against what God wants for our lives. It'll never work out. And so Jonah went down and for a little while that he went, Brother Gold, it worked out. I mean, he got down to a place and he had some money there to pay out his, uh, to pay for his fares. And he gets on that boat and, and the problem started happening to that boat and those mariners were affected on that ship that uh, had Jonah on that boat. And because Jonah didn't do what he was supposed to do uh, there in chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2, because Jonah didn't do what he was supposed to do uh, in Jonah 1 and 2, brother, it affected not only Jonah's life, Ken, uh, but it affected those people's lives uh, that was on that boat. It affected their lives. Uh, and there were some people in Nineveh uh, who had to wait. Listen, they may have died and went to hell. Uh, their lives were affected, Cam, uh, because Jonah wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. Uh, no man lives to himself. Uh, no man dies to himself. Uh, whether we live or whether we die, the Bible 
Bible says uh, that we are the Lord's. Uh, listen, our brother back there has got a baby. Our sister back there is holding a little baby. And whatever they do in their life not only affects their life, but affects the little innocent life that they're holding there. And not only their lives, but the lives of everybody else around us. So you and I would be good if we'd say, Lord, I don't want to do nothing that can adversely affect my life and get me in a mess and get me in a shipwreck or get me in a place where I'm going to be swallowed up. Not only me, it would hurt me worse. Listen, it affected my wife or affected my children. That would be worse than anything. Listen, I would take it just me, but I couldn't stand to see people that I loved and cared for affected because I was out of God's will, because I was being disobedient to God's Word. And that's what happens right here. But you know what? I like to cook. And I do good frying up stuff, big fattening stuff. I love to bake, you know, stuff. But maybe I don't bake real good because I put it in there like cornbread. Listen, my mother does it good. Tanya does it good. My mother-in-law, listen, but I don't do that good with cornbread. It gets brown on the sides. I think you ought to jerk it out. But when I get the cornbread out, it ain't done in the middle. It's got to be baked thoroughly all the way through. And listen, before you got to take it out of the oven before it's right. And I'll take it out too soon. And Brother Goldwish flimsy. Or I'll leave it in there too long and it's burnt. Because you got to get it out just the right time to get it out before that cornbread. Or before that cake's good. It's got to stay in the oven a certain amount of time. It can't be out five minutes late or five minutes early. At a certain time, brother, you pull that oven door open and get it out and it's ready. It's baked and ready and good. And you know that's the way it is in our lives many times when you and I don't do what we're supposed to do or when you and I go through a problem or you and I may get in a pit or you and I may get in a shape like Jonah. Jonah's in a certain place and he's going to stay there three days and three nights. God ain't going to have him out there in one day. God ain't going to have him there in two days. But God's going to make sure that Jonah gets baked good and right before Jonah gets put out to carry out that task. And I find out some things, brother, in my life that God may leave me in an oven of affliction or He may me leave in an oven of a problem or an oven of a situation. And I said, Lord, get me out of this mess. But God knows Goble just the right time to pull me out. When the sides are just brown enough, it might not be done in the middle. But God knows exactly when to pull me out of the fire and when to pull you out of the fire and when to pull you out of the well, of the belly of the well. Whatever situation and problem that you and I have in our lives, God knows the formula. He knows the right time. He knows the way to get us out. But you know, like Jonah, God's looking for a few things in Jonah before Jonah gets pulled out of that well. I believe it's the same things, Cameron, that God looks for in our lives. We see it right here in chapter 2. The Bible said, Then Jonah prayed. Listen, how many times you and I have been through problems, key in situations, and that's when we'll start praying. 
We don't ever read Coble. <laughs> Bubby, we don't ever read where Jonah did any kind of praying <laughs> in chapter 1. <laughs> he just hears something he don't want to hear <laughs> and goes his own way. <laughs> uh, but now he's in a problem. <laughs> Listen, now he's in a situation <laughs> uh, where he's got to pray. <laughs> and God's going to bake him <laughs> until he learns how to pray. <laughs> Listen, and sometimes God <laughs> will put you and I in situations <laughs> and put problems in our life <laughs> and put afflictions on us, Gavin, <laughs> uh, to teach us something. <laughs> teach us how to pray. Teach us to get a burden to pray. The Bible said in Luke 18, one of my favorite places about prayer in the Bible, he spake a parable on them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You say, brother, I can always pray and not faint. That should be with an attitude of prayer. A mind to pray. A heart to pray. You ain't got to be on your knees in the church to pray. You can be sitting in your vehicle praying. You can be on the job sitting there praying. You can be standing up praying. God knows our hearts and our minds and our thoughts. But Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. What's faint mean? That means quit. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God. This is one of my favorite verses and chapters. Neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city. Widow means she didn't have nobody to represent her. She was poor, and the Bible said, and which feared not God, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And the Bible says that he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. You know what God is saying right there to you and I about prayer, buddy? It's saying we're going to have to get an attitude where we're not going to faint and we're not going to quit in that same chapter. Now right on down there, Jesus said when Jesus coming back, He said, will the Son of Man find a faith on the earth? Will He find people, listen, that are still doing this thing on Wednesday night? Will He still find people that are still preaching the Word, teaching the Word, still praying, still walk with Him? He said, listen, men ought always to pray and not to faint. But we don't find nowhere, brother, where Jonah prayed the first thing. Listen, he didn't pray God. I don't want to go to Nineveh. God knew that. Maybe he should have talked to God about it, Cameron. And said, I don't want to go down there, God. And God could have helped him. Changed his attitude. Or changed some things about him where he desires. Listen, sometimes we don't want to do some things. And we'll say, God, I really don't feel comfortable with that. I really don't want to do that, Lord. And it's something how God We'll work on our mind, work on our heart, work on our desires, don't we? But we insist to go off and do what we want to do. God's got a way saying, okay, buddy, you want to go on? You don't want to pray? You don't want to do what I want you to do? I'll put you in an oven somewhere. I'll put you in an ICU ward somewhere. I'll put you down in a funeral home somewhere. I'll put you down in sickness somewhere. I'll put a storm in your life somewhere. I'll put some trouble on you somewhere. Then at that point... What you should have been doing back here. God said, I'll get out of you now, amen. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. And everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Did you hear that? Do you hear that verse, Ken? It said, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. He didn't say for everything, give thanks. He said, in everything, give thanks. Go, but what was Jonah doing right here in chapter 2? 
He was praying and he was giving thanks where he was at. You know what else he was doing? You go look at that. He's quoting the book of Psalms. A lot of what Jonah's praying right here in Jonah chapter 2, you can find in the book of Psalms, which tells me Jonah was familiar with God's Word. And when Jonah got in a bad spot, when Jonah got in a bad place where it was just him, we know how this is going to end, brother. Jonah didn't know how this was going to end. As far as he knew, this was death. But why is he in that place? He's praying to God. And he's praying what he knows is Scripture back to God. And he's thanking God. And God's wanted to get that out of him all the while. But God wasn't going to get it out of him unless God put him in the oven of affliction. Unless God locked him down somewhere. Then God got him to a place where he could pray. Amen. God ever done that to anybody in here? He's done that to me before. He does it all the time. He'll put you through something to teach you how to pray. Amen. Listen, look what the Bible says right here. God wanted to get him to a place. He wanted to put him in the oven. And he wanted to get something out of him, Goble. He wanted to get out of him, he prayer. And learn how to pray. Hey, something else God wanted to get out of him here before he gets him out of the oven. See, he ain't ready just yet. If you got him out of the oven now, he ain't ready, Cameron. Hey, something else he needs here. Look what Jonah says right here. Jonah said, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. In verse 4. He says, yet I will look again toward that holy temple. Look what he says here. The waters pass me about even the soul. The death closed about me round about. The weeds were at the bait describing all his situation. And then verse 9, he says, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay. Look what he says. I will pay that that I have vowed. He not only God gets him there to learn, teaches him how to pray, but God's getting him there to change his attitude about his purpose in life. What he's supposed to be doing. There's a funny, funny little word right here <coughs> that you find. In, in, Jonah, in, in Jonah chapter 1, when the Bible talks about, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. In Jonah chapter 1 verse 17, you see that where it says a great fish to swallow up Jonah? And Jonah was in the belly of that fish. And then you go down in Jonah chapter 2 verse 1, you see then Jonah prayed, unto the Lord is God out of the fish's belly. You see the word belly in 17, and you see the word belly in verse 1. You say, so what? Well, the Bible was written in Hebrew, wasn't it? And those word bellies, I looked this up, I've never seen this before, and it's something, it's something amazing. The word belly in Jonah chapter 1, 17, is a picture of a gut. It's, it's The word means a gut. But in Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, the word belly right there is a womb. means a womb. You said, well, what's that mean, brother? Well, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, that Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, that belly means he's in the gut. Listen, it's acids is in there, and he's grinding up. But something changed from verse 17. Jonah 2, when Jonah started praying, it turns into a womb or a place of birth. He said, what I'm seeing in Jonah chapter 1 is a place where I'm just going to be grounded up and destroyed. But in Jonah chapter 2, the word belly means I'm going to be born something else out of this. I'm going to have a new purpose out of this. And so many times in our life, listen, God puts us in a place and gets us to a place where He put us through affliction, where He put us through suffering, where He put us through sorrow, Bubby, and we'll learn what our purpose really is in this life. Amen. Our purpose ain't just to work a job, pay a few bills, go to school, <coughs> punch a dime clock. God's got us here for a purpose. God's purpose for Jonah was what? What was His purpose for Jonah? 
to go down to Nineveh to preach to them heathens down there. Jonah says, I'm not going to do that, God. I'm going to go down here. And God says, okay, since you don't want to do what I want you to do for your life, I'm going to put you in a place where you're really going to pray. And I'm going to put you to a place where you're really going to know what your purpose is in this life. Listen to me. The best day of your life is when you find out why God's got you here and to do what God's purpose and will is for your life. Amen. Amen. Here's another one question. It gets asked of preachers all the time. And you think about this. What's God's will for me in my life? And we all think about that, don't we? You know what the answer to that is? Are you in God's will right now? Are you in God's will as of 8 o'clock at night on a Wednesday night on March 15th? Are you in God's will? Are you where you're supposed to be at? Well, if you're here physically, you're here. Amen. But are you where you're supposed to be at tonight? <laughs> then when you wake up in the morning, you say, am I in God's will? Am I where, am I where God is want me to be at? Am I in God's will? Then you do it day by day. And what happens, Ken, is you look back in 10 years, and you do that every day, and you look back in 10 years, and you, you end up right smack dab in the middle of God's will. And you say, how in the world did I end up here? It's because you did one day at a time way back there and you decided. Well, what if you ain't God's will? You say, God, I ain't your your will. I'm not where I'm supposed to be in my life. God, help me be like Jonah. Help me to pray and find my purpose and get where I'm supposed to be at in my life. And doing your will in my life. Amen. Hey, listen to me. God's got a way, listen, of working things out. God's got a way of putting us in places and putting us in pressure spots. Like he did Jonah Because he wants Jonah To be where Jonah's supposed to be at As far as I read in 66 books Of this Bible Jonah's where the greatest revival ever took place 120,000 people Got saved right here Off of Jonah's 8 word sermon In the book of Jonah Because God was on it And Jonah obeyed God But Jonah was in that well Jonah had to learn how to pray And Jonah had to find out Where his purpose was he viewed that fish differently in Jonah 1.17 than in Jonah 2.1. And sometimes when you're in the midst of something global, you'll view it differently when you see God's way in it, don't you? You view the flood differently. You view the sicknesses differently. You view things differently when you say God's will is on this. God's got me in this for a purpose. You know how God does us? Let me tell you how God does us because He loves us. And he's so kind, Bubby, and he's so tender. God bombards us all with blessings yeah. all of our life. <clears throat> I mean, he puts you in families that loves you. He puts you, listen, where you've got your needs met. Not only your needs, he gives us all of our wants. God just pours the blessings out on us all of our life. And God, listen, does that thing and listen, that'll melt his heart. <laughs> Melt her heart. I'll pour these blessings out. But so many times, you and I are like this. We we take the blessings of God for granted. Listen, we just pass it on. We think we're entitled to the blessings of God. And when the blessings of God don't work, you know what God does next? God starts blocking some things in our life, don't He? He starts blocking us from getting a hold of Him. He starts blocking some blessings out. And then when that don't work, to get us to run to pray, to get us to find our purpose, God will just break us down, don't He? He'll break us on down, brother. And then then when we're broke down, brother, then we'll cry out and say, Oh, God, help me. That's what he's doing right here with Jonah. And that's what he does with so many of us in our lives. Amen. He'll get us to a place. He'll break us. 
And that's what he's doing right here with Jonah. Because see, when Jonah gets broke, Bubby, <laughs> he didn't want to do his assignment in chapter 2. But in chapter 3, he's going to run to do his assignment. And his attitude's going to be a whole lot different, ain't it, than it was in chapter 1. After he goes through chapter 2, he's going to run what should take three days to get there, Bubby. He's going to triple time run it. The Bible says he's going to make it in a day's journey because his attitude's differently changed about his whole circumstance. And he don't even mention that well no more. He don't even mention none of that. But God took him through all that to change his attitude. And listen, he triple stepped it all the way to do what God wanted him to do in his life. Amen. So, God puts us in them high-pressure baking ovens sometimes. And everybody's different. Because He puts us there getting us to pray. Then, then what He does, Randall Mullins, He puts us there and He says, Now, are you going to do what your purpose is in your life? Then here's the last thing God wanted out of Jonah. It's what He wanted out of us. And He didn't get spit up out of that well until He sacrificed unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. Until Jonah got to the place, watch this now. Until Jonah got to the place where he out of a free heart, a willing heart, just began to raise his hand inside that well and say, I want to thank you, Lord, for how good you've been to me. When he began to praise God in the midst of all that mess, in the midst of all that pressure, in the midst of all that trouble, he just lift up his hand and say, you know what, Lord, I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. But I tell you what, there's nothing that will bless your heart. Tanya showed me something the other night of a little old woman laying in her bed just singing a beautiful song. She's laying there, dead, dying. She's got some kind of disease in her body, no doubt. Her body is ragged with pain. And she's laying there in that bed. She's just got her little hands out on that bed just singing praises to God. But God, God blesses that and God honors that. And that is so, listen, that is so encouraging. Listen, but he got Jonah to a place when he was in affliction, when he was in hurt, when he was in sorrow. Listen, when things didn't work out like Jonah had thought they would have worked out, God got him to a place where he just began to lift up his hand inside that old gut of that well and began to praise God. And you know what? Listen, Listen, God, listen, blessed him for that. And God honored him for that. But it's a shame that Jonah had to go through all that mess before God got them three things out of him in his life. He should have been doing it in Jonah 1. But let's not judge him because we're just the same way. Amen. Let's not judge Brother Jonah because we're disobedient. We're stiff-necked. We're prayerless and careless. Amen? We don't want to do what we're supposed to do. And God's got to Put your child down to the hospital. God's got to give you an affliction in your body. God's got to send trouble our way. God's got to put some kind of will to get us up in sorrow and affliction where just like Jonah said, salvation is of the Lord. If I'm going to get out of this mess, it's going to have to be of God. But he got to a place of that when he prayed, didn't he? God revealed that to him through prayer. Hey, listen to me. And then when he said that, he said, now, I know what my purpose is. I should have been doing it back there, God. And God, I'm sorry. Listen, he don't pray for another chance, does he? God does that out of his graciousness. Then he praises God and all that. And God honors that. And God blesses that. And God helps that man. Because God is a loving God. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You may have never heard this before. I'd rather do battle all day long with the devil as do battle with God. Are you, know, are you listening? Listen, I'd rather do battle all day long with the devil as battle with God because you ain't going to win battling God. He'll do it like he did old Jacob and strike you down put you with a limb. 
Listen to me, because God's going to win in the battle with us. And God's going to get us to the place. And He knows what to do to get us to the place where He say, you ain't going to pray. You're not going to do what I've got you to do for your life. I'll put you down in the pressure place. I'll put you down and put the pressure to you. Amen. <coughs> and I ain't going to let you out until you learn how to pray. And I ain't going to let you out until your attitude changes about your purpose and what you're supposed to be doing. I'm not going to let you out until you praise me. Out of a willing heart. I ain't going to make you praise. I'll make you where you want to praise God. Job said, Job 13, 15, says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Boy, have you ever thought about that? But I will maintain my own ways before him. He's praising God in the middle of a mess, ain't he? I like what Habakkuk says. 3, he says, 17, 18, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, Darrell preached on this, neither shall fruit be on the vines, the labor of the olive tree, olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. That's pretty bad. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You know why a lot of times our churches is locked up? You know why a lot of times our prayers are locked up? You know, a lot of times we're just locked up for being effective for God because God's looking for them three things in our life. And he's trying, to, he's trying to bless us to get it out of us. But if he has to, he'll do like Jonah. And Jonah viewed that whale's belly a lot different in chapter 2 than he did chapter 1. And it changed his whole direction and whole purpose. Maybe you're here tonight and you're going through something. Or you, you say, well, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. Well, you will be because man born a woman's a few days. You're going to go through things in your life. You're going to go through heartache. You're going to go through trouble. You're going to go through sorrow. I know it don't make good book selling and, and, and TV preaching. I know, it, I know it ain't popular, but it's just the truth. Amen. Amen. We're going to go through things. And we might be in an oven. Somebody might be in an oven right now. And God's trying to get these things out of us in our life. Amen. What if we just praise God when our, we got money in the bank, when we, uh, our children's healthy, uh, when our health's good, uh, when everything's just right, then we're just going to praise God. Then we're, we are on God's end. And then when things ain't right in our life, we just quit church. We're just going to quit praising God. Then we don't love God. We ain't serving God. We serve ourselves. Amen. If we just praise God when everything's good in our life, then we are God's us. When everything's bad in our life, we're just going to get the pooch mouth on God, let the house, then we are our own gods. Amen. God says you're going to be like Jonah and you're going to praise me when you're in the belly of the well. And Jonah said, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to pay the vow of my, I'm going to pay the vow of what I've sacrificed. Then the Bible says Jonah calls that fish to get indigestion and puke him out upon the ground. Then he made triple step time, camera to get where God wanted him to in his life with a different attitude. Amen. God ever do that to you? Get you to change your attitude. He has me. Change your attitude quick. Jonah had to learn, but it's a shame that we had to go through a chapter two in our life to get through a chapter three. Amen. Let's stand tonight, if you will, Drew.